0: Welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. Go search Champs Corner on any podcast platform, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and listen to us. Search and subscribe. Tell your friends. Word of the mouth is the best way to go here. It's the start of a new year. It's kind of the middle of when Alabama players are going to be announcing if they're coming back or not. One of those, Alex Leatherwood has confirmed he is. Dylan Moses, uh, you know, some news came out today that he may not be. He may be reconsidering. But we're going to have Mark Jennings on here to give us the latest and all that. He's been down in Orlando for a while. Uh, he's, he might be even riding back now, Mark. Uh, so let me bring you in. Mark, how
1: you doing? Drew, I'm doing good. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Have you made it home yet?
1: I'm still in the car on the way back from uh, beautiful central Florida i on my way back home to beautiful Alabama, Drew. Uh, I'm glad to be able to do this podcast with you. It's been too long. So excited we get to do this over bowl season. Uh, You know, we've already had an early signing day. Uh, We got late signing day here coming up. We got an NFL draft uh, eligibility coming up. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Drew, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well. And, you know, back when I worked full-time at AL.com, I had a chance to go to Orlando twice, and you were able to join me those trips. Uh, This was I believe it was uh, January 2015, and or no, it was 2016 and 2017. So it's been a while since I've been. You've been every year since. Uh, how how was the trip? Because I know you, the the game's going on right now, but I know you're really just there for the practices and all that.
1: Yeah, and we got a lot of stuff going on, Drew. You know, to be honest with you, I surprised my wife with a trip for Orlando for uh, you know Christmas holiday season, whatever, uh, for our anniversary. We got a lot of things working on right now. Uh, but then as soon as I did that, I realized that both the Under Armour All-American game and the Citrus Bowl were this weekend in Orlando. So uh, I, I, was, I wasn't I was going to be able to use the room because I was be traveling so much and, and seeing prospects and talking to coaches and, and going all over Central Florida. So what happened was uh, my accountant, Tom, T-H-O-M-M, I believe we talked about him before, uh, he came down and he he actually used the room with my wife While I stayed out in the sleep-in and and was able to do all my conferences and discussions and meetings there. So uh, I was at the sleep-in Kissimmee. They were in Orlando, uh, I think over near where Disney World is. Uh, But I had a great time, Drew, all week, and I I can't wait to talk about it. And my wife had a great time. She and and Tom were real close, and uh, they enjoy each other's company. And uh, they enjoy each other's company all as much I love breaking down with them and doing this podcast, Drew.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, did you all fly there together?
1: Well, Drew, that, the two of them ended up using the plane ticket, so I took an Uber back. You know how I like to use my Uber to go back and uh, yeah, really get some work done while I'm in the back of the car. I got a great uh, Uber driver right now, Eloise. She's doing a fantastic job. My favorite musician, Terrence Trent D'Arby, uh, is playing right now all over the car. And I, I, His hit song, his excuse me, his hit song, Wishing Well, And uh, I'm just so excited about Drew. I'm having a great time listening to to my favorite musician and his favorite song and and doing my favorite podcast.
0: Yeah, and and back when I was at AL.com, I had a chance to go Orlando one week and uh, San Antonio the next week for the All-American Bowl. Are you able to – but that's going on the same time, so you you can't do two at once. Are you able to hear about what's going on over there?
1: Yeah, I I really wish I could have been San Antonio this week for the All-American Bowl. Uh, formerly sponsored by the U.S. Army. But I do have some coaches there giving me some intel. Uh, Coach Fikakis from Jackson Owens, one of my favorite coaches, uh, he's there since so the Alabama linebackers. I need Quan Darius Robinson playing in the game. Uh, but, again, it's at the same time uh, as the Orlando game. So we're going to see what happens there.
0: Okay. Um, what about in Orlando? Did you happen to see uh, your friend Tom Luganbill?
1: Well, Drew, I went, Tom Luka, Bill and I aren't friends, and that's not something we should even joke about in the podcast. We're not close. I don't respect him as an authority. You know, he was on the the Birmingham radio the other day, uh, talking uh, talking recruiting and, and what recruit Alabama should be. Alabama fans should be, you know, most excited about. Uh, and one of the guys he mentioned is a guy that's not even going to sign with Alabama. So I don't have much respect for Tom Luka, Bill. I don't respect him as a as a sideline reporter. Certainly don't respect him as a recruiting analyst slash expert experts in quotation marks. I don't respect him as a person. I don't respect him as a human being. I think he's really as uh, disrespectful uh, to the game of football that ESPN allows him to spew his nonsense. And, and people in the local Birmingham media, when they have him on, they are equally culpable uh, for for the disinformation that he spreads. And frankly, I wish there's some type of uh, legal, uh, you know, maybe some a lawsuit or legal uh, procedures that we could take, take upon us and to get that taken care of. But that's neither here nor there, Drew. Uh, but I did run Tom Lugabill at the, uh, at the Kissimmee Hooters after the game just purely coincidence. And we talked to each other and frankly, Drew, I told him, I didn't want to talk to him. He kept talking and talking. I told him I didn't want to talk to him and I told him why. And, uh, he wouldn't shut up, Drew. I told him I was tired of his lip. And he asked me if, uh, if I wanted to go outside and take care of it. And 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 so we went outside, Drew, and that's, I saw I'm just going to leave at that, Drew. Wait, Mark, which, which recruiter are you Drew, talking about? Drew, uh, I beat his ass, Drew. I beat his ass in the parking lot of the Hooters in Kissimmee, Florida. And, unfortunately, I cannot go to that Hooters again anymore. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not proud of myself for what happened. Uh, you know, I told him I was tired of his lip and I was going to fix it for him, and I did. And that's all that matters, Drew. And uh, I I just can't – I'm banned for life from the Kiss Me Florida Hooters. uh, But maybe there's another Hooters in Central Florida I can go to next year. Uh, But I beat his ass, Drew.
0: Well, did you guys at least shake hands after the fight? No,
1: we didn't shake hands.
0: Did he block you on Twitter or something like that?
1: Well, he, he, he blocked me on Twitter. That's all he could do, I guess, after I beat his ass in the Hooters parking lot. I mean, I I feel bad. I wish I'd done it sooner. To be honest with you, I told him he was disrespectful to the game of football, and if he had any character integrity, he would he would quit spewing lies and and trying to get uh you know these recruiting commits to, these recruits to commit to his favorite team, uh and and I you know but he wouldn't listen. So I you know maybe he'll listen this way.
0: Hmm. Well, that's interesting, Mark. I'm glad you at least made it out of there uh, without a scratch. Um and I'm sure your Uber driver is uh, – <clears throat> hopefully she's not too nervous on, on your ride home. She's but, got her
1: headphones in, Drew. She can't hear what's going on.
0: That's good. Well, anyways, hey, let's talk a little bit about Tua tunga He, The quarterback for Alabama says he's going to announce whether he will turn pro or not on January 6th, and there's a lot of speculation because of his major hip injury that required surgery, which you, you orchestrated that, the surgery, not the injury, but – uh some people think he may stay at Alabama for another year. He's got another year of eligibility left. Uh, you know, he's not going to be able to go through any pre-draft workouts or anything like that. You know, he possibly could get healthy enough to play in, in the fall somewhere. And his NFL draft stock has slipped a little bit. But what's, uh, what, what, do you, uh, what kind of insight can you provide as to Tua gets closer to his decision? And we're recording this on uh, January 2nd.
1: Well, the tag the of a lot of family and I have been having a prayer along with Pastor Chris. Uh, you know, we've been seeing hip specialists, seeing acupuncture specialists, seeing some voodoo doctors. Uh, you know, people from all over, they maybe possibly offer some insight. So uh, all the prayer warriors out there, hopefully you join us in prayer uh, for Tua that he makes the right decision. And, and you know, I'm going to find out what he's going to do. Uh, this weekend, either the 4th or the 5th, and, uh, you know, then he'll announce on Monday. Uh, obviously, well, I say obviously, I'm pretty sure I won't be at Liberty to be able to share that with all the listeners. Uh, but hopefully I'll be able to tweet some hints some hits about what he's going to do on the 6th.
0: Okay. Well, so I was listening to our good friend Aaron Suttles. He was being interviewed on, on his Jocks radio show because he's in Orlando, and he said that some people are going to be butthurt if Tua stays in school instead of just goes ahead and chases the money. Also, listen to Cole Kubelik, who was being interviewed, and he said it would not basically indicate it wouldn't be a very good professional decision to stay in school and try to play more college football. What do you think the national reaction will be if Tua stays instead of going, goes pro? Because he could still get drafted in the first round, still collect several million dollars, just obviously not as much as he's, he could have done if he had stayed healthy and been a top three, top five pick.
1: Well, whatever happens, Drew, there's be some members of the of the liberal media who, uh, you know, spend thousands of dollars to get that blue check mark by their name to make us think that their opinion matters. Uh, you know, they're gonna it's gonna be the typical uh, nonsense from them. They're gonna blast Coach Saban for for quote unquote lying to Tua to keep him around. Uh, you know, these are the same people who live off of these players. You know, they lambast, You know coaches for coaches and people around let departments for making money off the of players. When they do the exact same thing, you know, if college athletics didn't exist, those people wouldn't have jobs. So those are the types of people, uh, those greedy journalist types are going to be uh, uh, very upset if, if Tua stays. Um, uh, but whatever happened, I just want what's best to tag of the Loa family and, and for Tua, he's a fantastic person. And uh, And frankly, I just – I hope those liberal media people come and see the light and maybe realize that uh, sports and and college sports simply isn't all about them.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, I don't know one way or the other, whether he's going to stay or whether he's going to go, but if he does go pro, then I think Mac Jones gave Alabama fans a a lot to be excited about going into next year. And of course, obviously Alabama signed five-star Bryce Young, still have Talia Tungavailoa, to his younger brother coming back as well, and Paul Tyson. But, Alabama wins the Citrus Bowl, 35-16, over Michigan. Kept the Wolverines scoreless in the second half, outscored them 21 to nothing in that frame. Mac Jones, 16 to 25, 327 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Najee Harris and uh, 24 carries, 136 yards, and two touchdowns, including one in the final 30 seconds. And we remember his recruiting battle as Michigan and Coach Harbaugh tried to get him to sign late. Jerry Judy. He uh, caught six passes, 204 yards, and a touchdown. Had an 85-yard touchdown catch on Alabama's first offensive play. So many people thought that uh, several Alabama players, juniors who were considering the NFL draft, would skip the game. And it turns out only two healthy players did. That was Terrell Lewis, the outside linebacker, and Trevon Diggs, the senior cornerback. Both of those guys skipped the game. I don't think they're really projected to be high picks, but they, they should get drafted. But... Many people thought maybe Jerry Judy would as well, but he came right out and said that he was going to play, and he uh, did, a, did a really nice job. It was really fun watching him his last game. What led to Jerry Judy playing in this game, Mark? Because obviously it wasn't for a national championship.
1: Well, his family was slightly concerned about some recent draft projections, and, uh, uh, you know, you know, he had a fantastic year last year winning the Blit and the Copper Award. Uh, frankly, I think he had just a good year this year, but didn't get all the hype. And people in this family was worried about uh, his draft status. So I convinced them to let him play in the bowl game, and I grease some wheels with the Citrus Bowl people, and, and basically worked it out with them. But if he had a big game, that he would win MVP, and that's exactly what happened, Drew. So uh, I'm glad it worked out for the Judy family. He had a fantastic career at Alabama. Uh, I fully expect him to be a part of be I mean, drafted in the first round of the NFL draft coming up here in a few months.
0: Yeah, uh, me as well. So, talking about the broadcast, you had Dave Pash, the play-by-play guy. You know, the aforementioned Tom Luganville was the Saivon reporter. And then Greg McElroy, the former Alabama quarterback, who has made a name for himself on ESPN broadcast pretty quickly after he stopped playing football. He was the color analyst. And, uh, you know, those two guys, McElroy and Luganville, were pretty – surprised i don't know if that's the right word to say that there was not a couple of Alabama players ejected for targeting, and I remember Josh Job was in the first half. I cannot remember who it was the second one, but maybe it was McKinney or Shaheen Carter. It seems like it was one of those two guys. you know apologies to those listening if it wasn't one of them, but uh to me it didn 't look like there was anything close to targeting. just a couple of hard hits and what uh Why do you think McElroy really seemed to push the issue there Mark
1: well. You know, uh, to be honest with you, I, I told people the very beginning to put the broadcast on mute just because Tom Loganville was a sideline reporter. But um, you know, obviously, I didn't. I didn't listen to the analysis. But uh, the McElroys and I, you know, I used to like, used to do a lot of consulting with the Cowboys, and I I cut that off basically uh, when I got busy doing other things. And Greg Senior wasn't very happy about it. And so frankly, he's tried to. Uh, he's always had it out for me since then. He had something that gets me, especially since I think he's seen the type of success I've had since I've stopped, uh, consulting the Cowboys. And frankly, if you look at the Cowboys, since I've stopped consulting, that's when they started, uh, doing really poorly and being unable to make the playoffs. If they do make the playoffs lose in the first round. Uh, yeah, that's really when I stopped consulting. So he's kind of bitter about that. Frankly, I think, uh, Greg Jr.'s unprofessional in how he treats Alabama, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if that has to do with me. I don't think it does. But I know that Coach Saban doesn't coddle him like he does guys who are actually instrumental in winning that national championship 2009 season. So, uh, you know, he was the last quarterback to lead Alabama to, to win less than 11 games in the season. Uh, so, frankly, I think you've got a long way to go. You look at guys who are real professionals in the broadcasting industry who are former players, guys like Marcus Spears, uh, guys like Gary Daniels, especially a guy like Stan White. Who I think does a fantastic job on the album broadcast. Those are guys who are real professionals. I think Greg can learn something if he actually listens to them and and, uh, and and learn something from them. So uh, that's neither here nor there, Franklin. That's part of the past for me. Uh, that's not something that I really like to look back on. I actually I obviously had some great time doing consulting work with the Cowboys, but that's behind me. And uh, hopefully the Greg senior turn around and, and not be so bitter towards me that I moved on to bigger and better things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the latest questionable news <clears throat> as it relates to Alabama football players testing the NFL draft or coming back, Dylan Moses, the star linebacker who missed all season with a torn ACL, and he was going to be probably a top 15 draft pick this year. He originally announced he was going to come back for a senior year, or actually technically has two years left, But so he could have come back for the last two years, but likely he was going to come back for one more year, which would be his fourth year of college. And then today there was this weird Instagram post from Dylan Moses, and it was a statement of, from the Trust Protector, Protector of the Royal Crown, and uh, that was Edward Moses Jr. That's Dylan's father, I believe, and uh, he's also an attorney. And basically, he said that Dylan spoke out of turn when he put the put the post out. They're still investigating whether he has a comprehensible. Loss of value claim against his current insurance carrier, Lords of London, is what he said. I think it's maybe called Lloyds of London. And they're also, you know, talking, you know, what kind of insurance policies can the University of Alabama provide in case he happens to get hurt again while playing or while practicing and and lose some value. So um, he said, I believe the last paragraph, we are aware Mr. Moses recently given an unadvised commitment to return to the University of Alabama However, under provisions of the trust, His Majesty is not allowed to make unilateral decisions. So, Mark, what's going on here?
1: Well, first off, Dylan's real lucky. His, his attorney uh, is really Edwin Moses' father. Really one of the best attorneys in the country, and, and Dylan should be very happy with that. And I've been consulting with uh, Mr. Moses, of course. Uh, to be honest with you, the situation right now, there's some people in the inner circle who really should not be in the inner circle. And they want to cash in right away, uh, but you know that's a family matter. I'm going to stay out of it. I believe that. So, uh, you know, frankly, we hear about this ensuring players. I'm told Coach Saban uh, about some loopholes they could go through. The Alabama could go through to ensure players for loss of earning status It's something that other schools have been doing for a while now. Uh, and so it's just amazing to me, uh, you know, how what what these teams can do for the players uh, what these you know athletic departments can do for the players now uh so it's really amazing the long way they've gone it seems like just yesterday coaches were giving the players salt tablets and telling them to, to jump up and down the stadium steps but uh that's neither here nor there. Dale, Dale Moses I'm so excited for him no matter what, no matter what happened seems like just yesterday he was in the ninth grade uh it was really before his ninth grade year he's at a combine at Hoover High School that where I used to go before that city went south and I was there with the little cup reporter from com. Drew. Wasn't you a uh, guy by the name of Matt Scalici. I told him that Dylan Moses was going to be an immediate five-star recruit and one of the top prospects in the country. I told him to go find Mr. Moses introduce himself and, and write about him before anyone else did, and that's what he did. So, hopefully, that, Matt Scalicci is doing well since then. I haven't talked about it since then. But uh, whatever happens to Dylan Moses' family, I think he's going to be a top-15 pick, and, and hopefully – if he stays healthy, he can be top 15 pick of the 2021 draft. Comes up this year, I think he may look at an early second round. So uh, we're just going to see how it goes, Drew. I'm sorry, I've been talking way too much about this. I apologize. But uh, that's all i got to say about the Moses.
0: Yeah, so basically January 20th is the deadline, you know, when you can l- legally submit your name to the NFL early entry list. Uh, do you think Dylan will be coming back to Alabama, or do you think he's going to go pro?
1: I think it's a real coin flip right now, Drew. I think it's 50-50 either way.
0: Okay. Well, Alex Leatherwood, Alabama's starting left tackle. You remember he was a five star recruit, top ten national recruit coming out of the coming out of uh out of uh Pensacola High or Pensacola, Florida, I believe is where he's from. And he's a guy that, you know, didn't start his freshman year but came on after Jonah Williams got hurt and was a big reason Alabama won the national championship game over Georgia as a freshman. Started at guard last year, he started at left tackle all this year. He has announced that he is going to come back. So Mark, what role did you have with Leatherwood uh, making his decision to play his senior year at Alabama?
1: Well, I just went over with the value of other offensive tackles entering the draft and what he was going to go see this year versus next year. And I frankly frank figured that, you know, with another year development he, and, and uh, you know, the weaker class of tackles coming out next year that he could even uh, maximize his wealth even more if he waited for another year. So uh, that was a pretty easy decision. I'm not surprised at all he decided to come back to Alabama.
0: Okay. Well, uh, what about the rest of these draft eligible guys? We talked about this on the last podcast, several of these juniors. Um, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with other guys like Najee Harris, Jedrick Wills?
1: Well, I think it, you know, it all depends if Tua comes back. I think we've all heard that before, but you know, if Tua comes back, I think for sure Devontae Smith and Henry Rudd III are going to come back. I and mean, they can still come back even if Tua leaves, but if he comes back, I think they're definitely going to stick around. Uh, I think, Xavier McKinney probably 70, 30, leaving at this point. Najee is going to go to the draft. Uh, Jedrick Wills is going to go to the draft. Jerry Judy, we talked about, he's going to go to the draft. So uh, the only ones to be really up in the air at this point are, are, are outside of Tua are Smith, Ruggs, and McKinney, and we're going to have to see where they go. Uh, we'll probably know that before January 20th.
0: All right. So if Tua comes back next year, what happens to Mac Jones? Because he's a, here's a guy that really he's, he's put together a good little resume over a few games here. And I'm sure there are several schools in the country who would love to have him as a starting quarterback. And Mac Jones has graduated from Alabama. He said on his Twitter account he was going to come back, but he or uh, go to graduate school to Alabama. But here's a guy that if he wanted to exercise that right, he could go somewhere to another Division One school and be eligible to play right away. So if Tua comes back, what do you think Mac Jones will do?
1: Well, again, there are going to be a lot of people in the media that are going to want him to leave just for just for chaos purposes. I don't know why it makes their job tougher. but of course, I'm talking about guys like Michael Coushonga today. Uh, but whatever, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to encourage Mac to grad transfer. Uh, but, but frankly, I, I think he's going to stick around. Yeah, he could stick around one more year at minimum, see what happens with two. And then you got the, the quarterback, um, you know, got to have another quarterback either after Tua leaves or next year so. Uh, we're going to see where it's at with that. Yeah, I think you know, great programs always have that, you know, that three-star, four-star guy that sticks around and plays the backup. Because uh, there's probably going to be a game where Alabama's going to need a great backup quarterback to win. I think that's what Mac Jones can give them, especially based off uh, his performance in the Citrus Bowl last week.
0: Okay. So the transfer portal is a big deal now, and you see a lot you're, – you're even helping some of these guys get in the portal and, and evaluate their options. Who are some maybe players down the line, down the depth chart, that maybe may not be back next year, and you're trying to see what their uh, what their options will be if they transfer?
1: Well, I think for certain, Skylar DeLong's going to transfer. He is out the door. Uh, you know, there's some guys who want to play more, have already graduated. They're going to move on. Guys like offensive tackle, Scott Lashley. Uh, wide receiver Terrell rail shavers uh the guys are a great character guys but who just want to play more and frankly i can't blame them they've given three years at the university maybe four years to the university depending on the player and they're ready to get some playing time so i can't blame them for that uh, another guy maybe ben davis but this is Ben davis's fourth year in the program i'm not sure if he's graduated yet uh maybe this spring we'll see but uh those guys are all possibilities but i think again skylar along is definitely out the door
0: okay so, uh, Alabama had its early signing period. They signed three guys who we have not had a chance yet to talk about on the podcast. One of them is Jace McClellan, a running back from Alito, Texas. He was a pretty elite top 40 national guy, pushing five star status. He may, I don't know where he is on your ranking. You'll have a chance to tell us that, but was committed to Oklahoma for a long time, but flipped to Alabama on signing day. So, what, uh, what can you tell us about Jace McClellan and the circumstances on why he committed to Alabama or signed with Alabama?
1: Well, there's going to be some rumors coming out soon about the Oklahoma coaching staff. I think there's going to be a lot of movement around there. I don't expect Lincoln Riley to, to, to be the head coach of Oklahoma next year. I expect him to move on to the NFL. And I think Jason McClellan knows that, so he wanted to look around. Alabama really wanted him. to be honest with you, I think the situation, the national recruiting guys, uh, they got it mostly right. I got him as a top 50 player, and I think they have them as a top 100 player. So. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player, Drew. He's not the biggest running back, but he's about that size you want. He's five ten. He's real sturdy. He's real strong. Got the real strong base. He's about two hundred pounds. Uh, great lateral movement. Great quick feet. Uh, Needs to work on being able to break tackles a little bit better for the big time college level. He's used to going against guys who, who basically, uh, you know, smaller than he is. So he's going to have to get used to guys who are a lot bigger than he is, hitting them and breaking those tackles. But that's something that you get him a good weight training program. He'll be ready to go and. And get that going. he reminds me a lot of a guy out of the state of Florida, Drew. Uh, I believe is uh Pembroke Hills, Florida, if I recall, I might have that name wrong. Uh went up playing in the SEC, I believe, uh finished second or third for the Heisman Trophy one year. Uh won an SEC championship or two, I believe. Uh of course I'm talking about Emmett Smith. You remember Emmett Smith drew? Uh
0: yeah, is he the one who played uh when, when you were advising the Cowboys? Were you were you advising the Cowboys back then?
1: He was, Drew, and I recommend the Cowboys take him. And, uh, you know, you saw what happened there on out. You know, him and Michael Irvin and Troy Aitman, they all came together. And, you know, I actually consulted with them on the Herschel Walker trade. But that's, that was a long time ago, Drew. That was before your day. Uh, but but I, I'm happy for, for Emmitt Smith and I'm happy for Jason Clown. He reminds me a lot of uh, Emmitt Smith when I see him run, Drew.
0: Absolutely. Big-time offensive lineman at of Central Phoenix City. The Red Devils were the Class 7 8 runner-ups. Alabama flips Javian Cohen from uh, Central Phoenix City. He he was committed to Auburn for a while, and then he was going to announce that he was switching on signing day. But uh, it seems like the some people said he was going to flip beforehand, and so that kind of forced his hand. So he put out a little Twitter post the week before. Uh, what's going on with the situation with J.V. and Cohen? Can you share any of the details and why Alabama or how Alabama was able to flip them?
1: Well, you know, I think Alabama just out recruited them. Uh, uh, you know, they, they worked harder than the Auburn staff did. But I think it's pretty disgusting. You Got these guys that work these subscription sites who wanted to ruin the, uh, you know, ruin the kid's announcement by announcing that Auburn, quote unquote, pulled his offer. I mean, Auburn pulled his offer, I guess, after he told them he wasn't going there. So. Uh, I think that's pretty disgusting. Uh, you know, that's, I don't understand how you get in this business uh, and, and then act that way towards towards the kids. But, see, that's, that's something that they have to live with and they have to look in the mirror every morning. I'm talking about, you know, guys like Jeffrey Lee and Jason Caldwell. Uh, that's, the, that's their doing. Uh, it is what it is. You can't control it. So, uh, um, I'm, I'm happy for the kid. I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, he he's a, really a prototypical offensive to tackle. He's got the long arms and that, that big that big old rear that you need to play tackle. He carries his weight lower in his base, uh, so he's not going to get run over very easily. I think he's going to be a fantastic player, Drew. He's a fantastic prospect. He actually reminds me of one of my best friends in the whole world, Drew, a um, guy who played forever in the NFL out of the state of New, Zer- New Jersey. Uh, originally moved to Arizona for high school and then played college football in the Big Eight at Nebraska. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Richie Incognito, Drew. Do you remember Richie Incognito?
0: Yeah, was he the guy who earned the Frank Cush Award, the one who was the, the award for the best offensive lineman in Arizona back when he was in high school, that Richie Incognito?
1: That's, that's the one, Drew. I'm impressed you remember that. That's, that was a long time ago. But, yeah, that Richie Incognito. And I wholly expect, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, JV and Cohen had the same type of success in, in college in the NFL that Richie Incognito did. All right.
0: Yeah, and then the last guy is a Juco All-American cornerback Ronald Williams, and he committed to Alabama and signed the last weekend. So Alabama's losing Trevon Diggs, so they're going to need another instant impact guy to come in and play in the secondary. you got Sertan and Josh Job coming back. But uh, you don't know, need some more dependable guys there. What can you tell us about Ronald Williams?
1: Well he's out of Hudson Community College. Actually, you know, under the radar guy in high school, I convinced the Hudson guys to take him, give him a chance. I thought he'd turn be able to turn to a pretty good player. I, honestly I didn't expect him to turn out to be as good as he is. Uh he's just he's you know the top uh JUCO DB in the country. Uh great hips, great lateral quickness, great speed. He's really still learned his technique, but frankly I thought he was better than uh, you know, you look at some of the defensive backs playing around him in Kansas and Oklahoma and Nebraska, I thought he was, you know, better than a lot of them that are playing on Saturdays over there at at the big-time college levels. I think he's got a fantastic player, Drew. Uh, some little things about his technique he needs to work on, but once he gets to the, the the great coaching staff at Alabama, he'll be able to get that fixed. So uh, he reminds me a lot of a guy out of Pahokee, Florida, played in the SEC uh, pretty recently. He's not too old of a guy. Uh, uh, Excuse me, Drew. Of course, I'm needing to go to the SEC. He played in North Alabama. I talking about Janoris Jenkins. Drew, you remember Janoris Jenkins?
0: Yeah, he he started his career at Florida, so that's why he uh, he, you might that's why you might have been confused a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's probably it, Drew. I'm getting all all these guys are running together.
0: Yeah, it was either Janoris Jenkins who was kicked out of Florida because he was charged with possession of marijuana in April 2011.
1: That's exactly right, Drew. To be honest, I don't think you're going to have any problems like that with Ronald Williams coming out of Hudson. But uh, thank you for correcting that for me, Drew. I apologize to all the listeners out there.
0: Absolutely not a problem at all. Hey, um, going back to the running back rotation, let's say Najee Harris goes pro. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Um, what do you think about the 2020 running back rotation? Because Alabama signed uh, They signed three running backs, Jace McClellan, Roy Del Williams out of Hueytown, and then Kyle Edwards out of Louisiana.
1: Well, I think Trey Sanders is going to be clear number one go-to. rehab's going pretty well for him. I expect him to be 100% uh, when the Alabama plays USC. Uh, coming up here just a few months in August, I'm already getting excited about it. So uh, he's no doubt going to be number one. I think Jace McClellan or Roydale Williams is going to be number two, probably Jace McClellan's. Uh But then Roydale Williams will be in the mix to get carries. Uh, I know Alabama likes to use two running backs for three. I think Roydale Williams will be that third running back. And uh, Keelan Robinson might be the mix for some carries. Uh, but I think the top three is going to be Trey Sanders, Jason McClone, and Roy Dale Williams, some combination of those three. Okay.
0: What about guys like Brian Robinson and Jerome Ford?
1: Well, Brian Robinson, there are a lot of negatives I saw from him from his days at Hillcrest High School. And, frankly, uh, he's never gotten those fixed. Uh, you know, bad habits are sometimes hard to get rid of, and that's unfortunate with him. But I've encouraged him to transfer. Uh, I don't think he's been able to overcome the negatives that he saw at Hillcrest uh jerome ford i think is a good player i just hard it's hard for me to see him getting a lot of carries with the talent alabama has come with these running backs so i expect him to enter the transfer portal as well
0: okay so alabama had four commits who did not sign in the early signing period guys who've been committed for a good while Uh, who are those guys mark and what do you think is going to happen with them
1: Well, you know, we already talked about one of them, uh, you know, uh, not directly but indirectly, Jason Jones from Calera. Uh, I think he's going to end up elsewhere. Uh, You know, Alabama took his commitment too soon. I've told the coaches to wait until after his junior year uh, because I I was worried that he was not going to be able to progress uh, skill-wise the way that they wanted to, and that's exactly what happened. So uh, he hasn't developed the prospect they thought he would. Um, I think he'll probably end up going to Georgia Tech to play defensive line. Alabama, Alabama originally wanted him on the offensive line, uh, but I don't think he's a big-time Division I offensive lineman. Uh, I think Alabama is signing offensive of lineman Damian George uh, from Texas, and if DL Jamel Burrows looks like he will qualify, they'll sign him too. So um, Another guy I encourage coaching staff to tell, Javon Baker, wide receiver, look elsewhere, and he'll sign elsewhere. So. Uh, Jason Jones, we talked about, you know, uh, that's who Luke and Bill went on the radio and basically said that uh, Alabama fans were real excited about him, but he's never he's never going to play down for Alabama. Uh, and that's really what's so disgusting to me about Tom Luke and Bill. We've already discussed that with a podcaster. I'm not going to go into it again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take one listener question that was actually sent into your email, Mark film at com. But uh, besides the email, how can listeners find you on Twitter?
1: Well, uh, that's a great, you know, we get the best questions every week, Drew. Uh you want to find me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is uh, at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at five 55 Or you can email me. My email address is MarkBreaksDownFilm at com. That's MarkBreaksDownFilm, one word, at AOL.com. Find me over there. Find me on Twitter. Uh, we get the best questions every week, Drew, and I can't wait to hear what we got this week.
0: All right. Well, uh, This listener emails MarkBreakstownFilm at AOL.com. Hi, Mark. I'm writing you from the lodge of the Algamus Gambling Recovery Center in Prescott Valley, Arizona. My question is, if Tua's recovery is less successful than hoped for and his NFL draft status struggles as a result, what attributes does Tua have that you think will translate to a possible starting quarterback role in Vince McMahon's XFL? Thanks for everything that you do, Mark, and continue to do the best in the business. All the best, Graham Flanagan.
1: Well, to be honest with you, I'm glad he brought that up. I think uh, well, it's a little bittersweet first for me because uh, the XFL is about to have a huge success, and that's something that uh, you know, my league could have had, the the alliance of American football. Uh, but it's disappointing that, that a, a bunch of people who didn't have the league's best interest at heart uh, took control. But uh, um, that's really a sad story for the players. Uh, and, and for all the coaches and people in management. I think the important thing, though, to realize is that I, I got out early and I was able to maximize my wealth and sell my shares uh, for a significant amount of money, despite despite having uh, a lot of obstacles in front of me, such as the Birmingham mayor. And and frankly, Drew, I don't know if you watched the Birmingham Bowl today, uh, it, it, but I saw some clips on, from it an online. And there might have been, what, maybe a 1,000 people in the stands. Uh, it, it just breaks my heart to see all – you know, we filled that stadium up for the iron. They're, you know, there's capacity every week, you know, uh, standing room only crowds, huge tailgates, and that's something that the city of Birmingham could not could have had. Uh, and we're just not going to have any more, and that's disappointing to me. But anyway, uh, the question is about the XFL, and frankly, I think that if players are smart, yeah, they do it and they go out. Instead of going to the combine and working out there, they actually go play for the XFL when they graduate. Season here, up so here starts February 8th, I believe. Uh, I think they should sign on to XFL teams and do it, maybe play for a month or two months in the XFL before they go sign a big contract to the NFL. So Tua is not going to be able to do that, unfortunately, because of his recovery. But, you know, if Tua comes out, it takes him a long time to rehab and really get 100%. It might be a better thing for him to sit out uh, the Alabama football season this fall, spend that time rehab, and then we just finally at 100% because it, it could be a year long recovery. He's 100% to go ahead and play for the XFL next year. And didn't really show the NFL what he could do. You know, it's – it's it's you know, NFL teams are going to wonder if he's really at 100%. You don't want to go out there in August when you're at 80% maybe get hurt again and lose all that money. It's best to heal up and go to 100% and then play for the XFL in the 20, 2021 season. So uh, that that would be my advice to the of a Lowell family. That's something that's obviously they've been discussing because I brought it up to him. But, uh, again, we're going to figure out what he's going to do coming up here in a few days and all this – all these hypotheticals will be just bad at that
0: point. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great way to end the podcast. So much going on right now with Alabama football as the key players make the decisions. Mark, I hope hope you make it home soon. And I uh, thank you for joining me this week, as as always.
1: Drew, as always, it's a great time being on your podcast. Hope we do it again real soon.
0: All right. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for listening.